Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in his war room is Denver Dave, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hello Dave. Hello, episode 169, which now means officially Ooh. we have more NFL appearances than Matthew Stafford. Fact. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And we've thrown less interceptions. You've had a we few have. fumbles, I'm not going to lie, oh, but uh, fewer interceptions. You, I know. <laughs> So the Super Bowls happened, Dave, and what what an ex- well, yes. what an exhibition that was! What a game! <laughs> the game we've been waiting for all year didn't Do disappoint, did it? I really, really enjoyed it. It was oh. full of drama. I genuinely did. It was full of drama. It was full of intrigue all the way through it, and even up to about the last three minutes or so, I thought it's still not safe. It's still Are you not. rewatching Super Bowl Fifty again. Maybe three minutes is a bit of an exaggeration. Five minutes. To, five minutes from the end, I'm like, Chiefs can still do this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, they could. They're, yeah, they're the one team that could have done it. They could have. But guess what? Guess what, Jim? They didn't. No. That's the main thing. No, they didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, 31 9. You saw that one coming. I mean, even people that were betting it, on the Bucks in, didn't think it was going to be a blowout. In my defense, Last week, you bet the Bucks. In the last pod, I said the Bucks would win, and I said the Bucks would score thirty-one points. So, you know, yeah, but you didn't think the Chiefs would only score nine. Okay, so I got two out of three. What's your point? No, I'm not. I'm not having a go. Sixty-six percent success ratio. You are. Time. You're always having a pot. No. Why can't you just admit my genius? Just bask <sighs> in the glow of my. Yeah, you're half genius, point. Dave. We'll admit to that. <laughs> 66% genius. I mean, the other part of me is utter insanity, but there you go. Yeah. I said it'd be 31 29, um, and it turned out to be. Oh, the nine was a right mauling. as well. Hang on, let's say that again. A mauling. That's what it turned out to be. Mm. <laughs> Anyone who's listening for the first time is going to think this guy's a massive Bucks fan. No, I really <laughs> actually don't like the Bucks all that much. He's just a complete narcissist. So you're, yes. you're almost there, guys, if this is the first time you're listening. Amen. So, if, this was, if this was the Ravens, you'd be exactly the same way. So let's Possibly. Let's oh, that's true. Anymore. He is a Broncos fan, so it's Denver there Dave. You go. Yeah. You were pulling for the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the Bucks defense makes it easier for you to support them. If, if the Bucks had a terrible defense um, and they had fans which were akin to that of the Patriots, it would be much more difficult to support them. Mm. Um, but the ability to be able to root for guys like Ngomak and Sue, um, Shaq Barrett, who's of course former Bronco, um, and Vita Bayer, who I've loved since college. Um, yeah. It makes it significantly easier to like Devin that White. defense. Devin Devante White. David. I, can't believe, I can't believe how good Devin White has become in the NFL. And we knew he was going to be great. First time back to the ball, yeah. Yeah. Knew he was going to be special. I don't know how to do this game, really, Dave, because we could go through quarter by quarter, but it doesn't feel like necessary. It was just after the first couple of drives. I'm, I'm used to the Chiefs not scoring on the first couple of drives. Typically, their first quarters are pretty terrible, where they're they're feeling out, getting catches in. You know, there's a lot of drop passes yes, the, the first couple of drives. Yes, but absolutely. Second guess quarter is usually in, where it comes together. In Tom Brady's previous nine Super Bowls, I didn't know this um, when we were recording last week, but in his previous nine Super Bowls, guess how many uh, touchdowns he's had in the first quarter? He scored in nine. all of them. A fat goose egg. None. Mm. Now, we know the Chiefs are garbage in the first quarter, generally. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it a number of times. When they, It was a couple of years ago when they played the Raiders. They were terrible in the first quarter, scored 27 in the second quarter or whatever That's it was, it, yeah. and then just went into cruise control for three and four. And we've seen that a number of times. Yeah. I did it a couple of years ago against the Texans as well. Um, Deshaun Watson was fighting a tide throughout the entire game. Mahomes <laughs> came in, bang, 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 three touchdowns back to back, and that was the game done. And that yeah. was in the second quarter. Yeah. So we kind of expected it to go into the second quarter. You're kind of thinking, okay, the Bucks have got a little bit of a lead here. Um, you know, just get to half time and don't have too much damage. And there was, the Chiefs never had any momentum at all like throughout any part of the game. I don't think they actually built up any momentum at any part of the game throughout any of it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and any chance they had was kind of knocked out of them with penalties. Yes. I don't want to go too far now, into this. this. Is... I don't want to sound sound too whiny, but any there was multiple Again. times when it wasn't it wasn't just a first down penalty. These were these were the penalty defining drive movement. You know, it was like 
a third down and they would give up uh, a first down from a penalty. I mean, the, the Bucks had six first downs from penalties in this game, which is yeah. ridiculous. All right. There, there were penalties that changed a field goal to a touchdown. There were penalties that scrubbed off a punt, moved them back, and then the next punt was shanked for 20 yards to set up another one-yard Brady touchdown. These were killer penalties that happened here. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying yeah. they were they were all completely wrong, but I'm saying that there were the ones that happened and the, the pass interferences were just terrible. There were one or two penalties where you look at them and go, okay, you can call them either way. Normally, they don't get called in the Super Bowl. No. Normally, in the Super Bowl, they, the refs just let you play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the combination of um, the Chiefs being holdy, which they are. They're always very holdy and very physical. And in the way that – because there was a couple of times and it was where Brady was placing the ball – was giving the opportunity for the receivers uh, to, I don't want to say simulate, but make um, the most of it, make the most of contact, which you're perfectly within your rights to do. We see it all the time in the NFL. You mm-hmm. basically put your arms up in the air and say, I'm being held. I am being held. You're not, it's not like, you know, English football where you're riding around on the floor, like you've been shot. No. Someone comes on rubs a sponge on you. Then magically you're better. It's not yeah. that at all. Um, you know, you're putting the putting a cornerback between you uh, and the ball, and basically trying to make a motion to get through it, and initiating contact whilst keeping your arms in the air, basically, and making sure that it, it becomes obvious. But within the group chat that we had yesterday, there's a couple of Chiefs fans, and one of them specifically said the only penalty that he was mad at, from the referee's perspective, was the PI on Tyron Matthew mm. in the end zone, which took it down to the one. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of penalties that normally don't get given um, in the Super Bowl, but would get given in uh, any you know any seasonal game. And if this game was played in Week 12, I mean, we, this game was played in Week 12. But if the actual if the actual Super Bowl was played in Week 12, um, we wouldn't be mad at a huge amount of those decisions. There'd be one or two where we're going, oh, I'm not sure. The only reason we're mad at them is because it's the Super Bowl and things normally get let out a little bit. But the Chiefs are grabby. That's the way that they play. They're 28th in penalties this season, penalties conceded. When they played against the Broncos, they were constantly shooting themselves in the face consistently from from conceding penalties. It's not something new where all of a sudden Chiefs fans are going to be looking at it going, we got done for penalties. Why are we so ill? It's, It's happened all season long and it continually has happened. Two quick things on, on that. Key downs. Two quick things. First of all, there's holding on every play of every game uh, yes. that you'll ever see. David Bakhtiari, left guard, left tackle for the Packers, made a career out of just holding players, but just enough and then letting go in time. You know, it's it's all about uh, uh, judging it and being sneaky with your holding. So that's one point. Is there's always holding. You could always call it on every single play. Second one, the offsides that was called on the special teams when it was a field goal and they then gave them the first down from a five-yard penalty. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the referee will go and tell the players if they're lined up offsides before it happens, give them a chance to get back on sides. Something that don't, you don't actually hear about. I heard about a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl where I, th- it, I don't think it was the Patriots, but it might have been, where it was like, why the hell have they just told them there's going to be an offsides and they moved them back? Well, apparently they're within their rights to tell a player you need to move back, otherwise you're going to get called offside. I, I can't believe they would have been told that and then didn't move. So why didn't the yeah. rest tell them on that play, okay. you're offside, you need to move back, otherwise I'm going to flag earlier, you. So there's a couple of season, things there that are just a bit weird to me. Game First game of the season, Broncos played the Titans. I think it was Monday Night Football. Uh, and the Titans lined up in an offside position. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had the ball, referee went up and told them. Yep. Um, and basically said, look, that's it. We're not going to tell you again if it happens again, blah, blah, blah. Um, about six plays later, um, I think it was Dante Spencer, who's the uh, pump receiver for the Broncos, lined up in an offside position. Mm-hmm. Um, when he came on, he, he's a wide receiver. Um, and the time, uh, we then snapped the ball and it was called offside. And uh, the referees came out and said, well, we warned you. Like, no, 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 you didn't warn us. Yeah, you warned the Titans. You didn't warn us. Yeah, it sucks, but guess what? It happens. It's just one of those things. And I'm, I'm not trying to be anti-Chiefs at all. Chiefs lost the Super Bowl. Whatever. I couldn't really mm-hmm. care less. I'm genuinely being fair. It. The only thing about that, that situation was that there wasn't a camera angle with a, a line down the middle to physically show us 
that the player was offside because it just looked as though you had what I'm going to call the defensive line and the offensive line. I know it's not, but the yeah, two yeah. lines of scrimmage. And they kind of wrapped around each other in a way that there <laughs> wouldn't really have been a clear line. And I'm sure there would have been players on both sides that were off. And it was just mm. a bit, don't call it, let it go and stop whining. You know, it's just what it was. I think but it was Nicole Hardman gave, who was It gave him life on that drive. It changed a, a field goal to a touchdown. I mean, and yeah. you look at then, 11 penalties, 120 yards that the Chiefs gave up. Like, that's, how many? That's Harry Carey you're performing on the field there. Yeah, and it's happened consistently all the way through the season. But how many of those penalties were wrong? You're right about holding, but you you need to be smart on your holding. But there was holding mm. out in the open of the field. And it's about how you do it. I mean, the amount of times we've seen, I'm, I'm, I grew up watching Chris Harris Jr. sticking his arm inside, uh, sticking his hand inside someone's sort of armpit. Uh, <laughs> you know, you where the pants that are. way. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for the end of that sentence. You know, where the pads are he's you know sticks his arm in that person there sort of pulls them and then pulls his arm out and says i'm not touching him the player yeah. sort of spins around loads all momentum sticks their arms up in the air and he goes and you know defends the catch that's what you do mm. um logan ryan is brilliant at it for the giants he was he's absolutely sensational at it. as you say back to harry holden at the line there's so many people who are very very good at that the yeah. chiefs just aren't very good at it i'm sorry they're just not very good at holding it's well not, not with the ones they had out there as the offensive, no, line. they were terrible. We, we, we talked about it before <laughs> really the game. Terrible. We were thinking it was might be going to cause a problem, and it came to pass. You know, the Bucks only had to rush four every time with Zuve, JPP, and uh, Barrett, and allowed the David and White just to back off in the middle, and they caused well, we, absolute we, chaos. There was no pass protection from the, the Chiefs either. They were just keeping that five man front. The they should have been yeah. using the running back as an extra blocker. Kelsey should have been doing extra well, blocking. They, they should have been helping Mahomes, and they didn't. Well, they, they can't because let's be honest, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's not blocking any of those four. Can you imagine that? Just just close your eyes if you're out yep. there listening to this, just take yourself to a nice, sort of quiet space, <laughs> close your eyes, and just imagine Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus Vita Vea coming together. Look, that's just not fair, right? I, did, I know happened. you don't like Clyde Edwards. Just imagine because Clyde Edwards Hilaire would, would pop, he'd just explode, he'd just <laughs> burst. <laughs> That's well, why didn't Daryl Williams do some blocking rather than drop? Or Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell can block where well, he used to be able to before he had the sabbatical where all he, well, did he didn't play on his really? couch and smoke weed. He but did not suit up. Why not have then a tight end? Someone who's six foot four and can block. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because Travis Kelsey was too busy out in the open dropping catchers. That's why the Chiefs dropped a bomb. They didn't yeah. have the offensive line to be able to stop those um, those front four. And they didn't bring anyone any extra help in because they know Mahomes can get away with it. Only he had turf toe, so he couldn't. I, mean, but, I know that um, Mahomes used to play baseball, but I didn't know he played discus as well. Some of those throws. <laughs> it just yeah. it cements his legacy a little bit because he was underdressed. 29 times he was pressured and he yeah. was being pulled down, spinning round and still throwing the right way for a start, which is kind of incredible. But then pretty much hitting his target who would then still drop it. Yeah, it was the the drops were absolutely killer. But going back to the line for a second, because one thing that yeah. we said in our last podcast, um, link below, and that's not on you to put a link below, just, <laughs> below. just go and have a look and find for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jimlicking.com. Um, yes. One of the things that we did say was that there's going to be essentially, uh, instead, they're not going to play a 4 3. They're probably going to play, you know, a, a standard four at the front and then play probably a Will and Mike in the middle. And then the strong guy's going to be floating here, there and everywhere on linebackers. And then they're just going to be playing nickel and dime packages at the back, which is a, absolutely the right thing to do. Um, in the first couple of drives, Mahomes sort of crept for first downs. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. come on. And someone even made the point of, you know, where's your rat cover now? I'm like, well, I'm saying what they should have done. The fact they ain't done it, that's not on me. And then, you know, Levante David was um, basically taking the rap position. Anyone who doesn't know, the rap position is where you play a two-man safety and keep them high up the field. And you have a man whose only dedication there is to either go and intercept a runner if they hand the ball off, which is not really the chief style, but if they do hand the ball off, or if there's an end around or there's a screen pass, or more importantly, if the quarterback decides to run into open space, you're then there to try and intercept him or at least block off and manoeuvre him into a position where he's not going to get the first down. And Levante David was doing it superbly, consistently throughout the game. It's just the first three or four downs that he didn't really do it all that well, three or four drives. Um, But after that, he was brilliant. 
warmed up. Going on to the receivers, yeah, going on to the receivers part mm. of it, um, the amount of drop catches, I'd never seen that in a playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl. No. Like, I genuinely, there's one point where the ball goes through Tyreek Hill's hands, pops him on the helmet, and this is only, for, if he catches that ball, it's like first and goal at the one or something yeah. like that. He's is right there and it pops him on the helmet and then falls on the ground. And I, I, I there was a brilliant camera angle on the uh, replay where they were showing it from the side. And my first thought was that the ball was tipped or something. The ball was straight through. There was no mm-hmm. contact on that ball whatsoever that I saw. I might stand to be corrected, but from what I saw, there was no contact on that ball. It just went straight through his hands, hit him on the helmet and dropped on the ground. And you're thinking, what are you doing? Why the hell have you dropped it, it, the mind boggles? And Travis, I've never seen Travis Kelsey drop five that many. Passes. It was three. It was five. I said there was three that I was remember. And when they started the second half, they came out after that terrible halftime performance from the thingy bloke, poor oh, man's Jesus. prince, whoever he was. So um, oh, man, anyone who likes that, I apologize, but God, it was awful. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> name much worse Super Bowl halftime shows. I can do it. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. 100% we all can. <laughs> But um, it was like the second or third play after of the second half. Travis Kelsey missed. I think it was even on the third down. Missed it. And then all of a sudden put his hands on his helmet again. He just went, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And that set the momentum for the second yeah. half. Yeah. You, you need Kelsey catch to be catching these then... balls. He's supposed to be the security blanket that keeps the Chiefs' yeah. chains moving. And... But it's exactly the same problem that the Eagles had this year. The Eagles lost one of their main offensive weapons, Zach Ertz, because Ertz just wasn't the player in the tight end that he was previously. Yeah. And it it removed a huge weapon from their arsenal. Well, this, you know, in this Super Bowl, that huge weapon for the Chiefs was missing. Travis Kelsey was not there as a pass blocker, which is, let's be honest, not the greatest pass blocker anyway, most of the time, because he's setting up a screen. Yeah. Um, when he when he does block, he's very effective. Um, but the Chiefs didn't use their tight end well enough. And the Buccaneers absolutely did. They, yeah, off. I mean, he padded <laughs> his stats out to 133 yards, but it's the cat, it's the drops in important downs that, are gonna, yeah. I'm going to remember out of this game rather than the, the 133 yards from Kelsey. And one of the, the biggest culprits was Darrell Williams, who's a running back. He only caught two of his seven um, attempts for 10 yards. And that kind of speaks to how under pressure Mahomes was, that he couldn't even have a chance to look downfield. He had to try and dump it off to Williams because he was giving, well, less than two seconds before he was under duress. Yeah. That's, that's why it happened. There was no time for someone like McCall Hardman or Tariq Kill to get downfield. Because... Well, even when they were getting downfield as well, um, because the Buccaneers secondary was playing a mix of man and zone, yeah. they were, I mean, it was, uh, so Brett Coleman made a, a, my favorite tweet I saw of the night was from Brett Coleman. And he said, um, the Chiefs get torched by, no, I make a video about how the Chiefs can torch two, two man safety and they go out and abs- or can get beat by two man high safeties. And they go out and absolutely torture a team with two man safeties. I come out and say how now they're brilliant against it and they get torched themselves by it. So <laughs> it's one of those things. They played two man safety um, in the championship game, did extremely well. Um, and everyone's thinking, well, that's not the way that you can play. The Bucks defense kind of just said, look, this is where we are. This is who you are. If you are going to, if you're going to beat us over the top, beat us over the top, but you're going to then have to do it because you, every single guy who's going in deep or even at medium range, anything beyond 15 to 20 yards is going to be in double man coverage by definition. Um, Let's talk about that Bucks offense and- for a minute, Dave, because Leonard Fournette was pretty epic in this game. Um, yeah. He had 140 odd yards, maybe 130 yards overall, uh, and a touchdown on the ground, including it was a 27 yard touchdown run. Um, just continued his form all through the playoffs and he got, a, he got a ring being mm-hmm. in Florida. He managed to get a ring. It wasn't with the Jags, but it was with the bucks. <laughs> I don't and Gronkowski after being retired, well. getting a WWE title and then coming back and getting six, six out of seven catches, 67 yards and two touchdowns, including the first of the game, which was incredibly easy. Uh, they definitely came through and helped out anything that the, obviously Brady had an, ice age in the pocket every time he he took a snap but they just looked so poised they weren't getting the pressure on them the offense was picking them apart uh and that shows in the amount of the well the few drops that were there and the only time i can think of that the the bucks said anything wrong on offense 
was one, the pick that was then wiped off for a <laughs> surprise, surprise, uh, a penalty. And then the botched snap near the end when it didn't really make much difference anyway, when it went over Brady's head and he had to fall on it. Those are the only two times I can think that the Bucks were really under pressure on, on an offensive play. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a couple of times when there was, I think Brady sort of threw out a floated ball at one point, which looked a bit dangerous. Um, <laughs> but generally, they they seemed to be in cruise control. The problem is on the on the defensive line, the Chiefs don't have anyone who can apply significant pressure other than Chris Jones. Mm. And Chris Jones was continually because he rushed us through the middle. He was continuing to get him blocked by either the center and the left guard, or if it came in the other direction, the center and the right guard. So he was getting you know, continually double manned. The one point where Brady really did look in trouble was the one time that Tyro Matthew came running through um, on a sort of, I don't know, I don't want to call it a screen blitz, but it kind of was. Mm. Um, and he just threw the ball away quickly. As soon as he saw him, he went, nope, get it away. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather we punt it than me take a hit and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And especially after the two needle that uh, the needle that the two of them were having um, consistently throughout the game, which I kind of like a quarterback who gives it back. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, I agree. It seemed very easy for the Bucks at times. Um, and that first Gronk touchdown um, where you have the two wide receivers on the right-hand side, which standard in, which almost went in an eye formation. Yep. And they sort of faked an in-route and then ran out and kept wide. And then on the left, I think it was Mike Evans, who just ran a standard in-route. Mm-hmm. Um, there was pre-snap motion from Gronk. And it was just what the Patriots used to do consistently. Yeah, That's all they used to do. The entire defense then swept over to the right-hand side. Gronk had all day to run in the corner to the left. And it was, you know, it, it, was, ex- it was exactly what we used to see the Patriots doing. It wasn't what we used to see in the, the Chiefs. In. I can't remember a game where they didn't score a touchdown since Mahomes has been there. I'm not sure it's even happened. No. Or to not get to double-digit points. It just feels so alien. Well, uh, so Butker got his three field goals, so good for, good for Harrison Butker. But again, they kind of played scared. The thing with Brady is that he doesn't really make mistakes. He's, he's, well, he, he can make mistakes if you pressure him. If you're not going to pressure him, then you better be great on offense to make up for yeah. it. And they just weren't. They were, you know... They, they allowed context, this game right. to get out of hand and they were conservative as well. There was that time when they went for the field goal before half time when they would, I know it was four from like seven, but if I'm going to have a go at the Packers for not going for it on fourth and seven, I'm going to go have a go at the Chiefs because I thought they were going to be um, more ballsy when it got to that kind of situation to say, actually, no, I... we, need to, we need to make a move here. We're already down by over a touchdown. We need to, Need to start doing. No, I think the, the situation is different. Yes, they're both in two-minute drills, but they're at different ends of the game. And the Chiefs at that point is still going to be thinking, "Well, we've got Mahomes and we've got the second half, so yeah, take the three points now, and uh, we'll live to fight another day." I agree. I I probably would have gone for it, but then again, at the end of that first half, I'd, I'd, I was looking at it going, "Actually, we're having not a huge amount of luck at the moment, so just you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you and just take the points." I need to play Madden uh, more. <laughs> just go for it just go for it I mean you know it does work <laughs> sometimes sometimes unless you've got my success ratio where it doesn't often work uh, um, but no the Bucks scored 31 points and didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter neither team scored no. a point in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. now if I'd have said to you that you know the Bucks weren't attacking in the fourth quarter they, they were just trying to get first downs that's all yeah. they were trying to do there's nothing to do with it and it was just burning time off the clock that's all it was yeah and it was almost like at the end of the game, they were in cruise control and the Chiefs just gave up. And a few of the Chiefs players were losing their head as well in, in the way that uh, you know they were acting and the things that they were doing. So there was there was several instances where, I can't remember who it was, one of the players um, got done for throwing a punch. That was Chris um, Jones on Ryan Jensen. Yeah, now everyone knows it's not particularly difficult. It's always the second guy that gets done. We know yeah. that. So Jensen has a pop. Chris Jones turns around, punches him, 15-yard penalty, personal foul, first warning, do it again, you're out of the game. Give Why are you doing that down. in the Super Bowl, you mug? What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, just the guy hits you, then turn around to the referee and go, he hit me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell teacher, that's what you do. Don't hit him back. What's wrong with you, you mug? It's just, it really, the only the only time the Bucks really did that is where Antoine Winfield Jr., who I'm still a massive fan of, literally gets up and then what was it? He does he does, he does two the things in the face or something. The peace side, something. That's what right he does in, when he scores a touchdown. 
Tyreek Hill's face, gets a 15-yard penalty. I, I don't. I I bet that Bruce Aarons doesn't say a thing about that and just says, "His coaches were high-fiving him on the sideline." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, right there, I'm like, take the 15 yards, take 30 yards. It doesn't matter to me. It makes mm. absolutely no difference whatsoever. Um, but I bet he don't do it again. Of course, this game cements Brady's legacy, doesn't it? You know, he he managed to move to a completely different team, different conference, and uh, one season later, he's uh, lifting his seventh Lombardi Trophy. He's now seven and three record. Um, yeah. So, I mean, congratulations to Brady. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult to knock him off that pedestal now. The fact that he's done it at two different teams is another, and he's and he's done it against the heir apparent as well. Yeah, I mean the thing is, you have to give it to Brady in the fact that he's gone to a new team and a completely new philosophy as well. It's not as though he's gone from he's not gone from the Patriots to the Packers, who you know everything's run with military precision and this is how we do it, and there's a Packers way of doing things. He's gone to the you know the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you know they're good time boys, and yeah. we have a bit of a laugh, and Bruce Aarons is there, wears a cap backwards, and it's hey guys, look at me, and he's this group. It's not what you expect. There's no OTAs. They didn't do well at all early in the season. They were getting no. bombed by certain teams, but then they had. You know, then they had uh, the bye week. Then they came back After from the bye the week and they, the Chiefs, yeah. they won eight in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was just consistent. That's all they were. They were just consistent. And now Tom Brady has won seven championships. But the problem is, there's still the argument of, is he the GOAT? Because it's what I said on the last podcast. You know, Bill Russell's won 11 NBA championships, but no one thinks he's the GOAT in basketball. No one. And then people, yeah, I mean, go, if you just look at oh, the stats on this game, Dave, it's going to be oh, we got three touchdowns and you know, no interceptions, but the two game. of them were like one yard touchdown passes, and you got under yeah. just over 200 yards passing. There's still the better quarterback was Mahomes in this game. Mahomes, it just looked like watching the Texans where you've got the quarterback mm-hmm. doing everything and no one helping him, or it'll be the Broncos next season because the, <laughs> the Broncos, going no. to Denver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going yeah. to Denver, isn't it? So, you know, of course, but no, like, <laughs> but it's the thing, so. Henri Richard, right? Henri Richard has won the most NHL titles. Mm. Who does everyone say is the greatest NHL player ever? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Exactly. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, why has he not won it? Because he went to LA. That's why. Same goes for Yogi Berra. He's won the most World Series ever. Ricky Henderson scored the most most runs ever. But mm. everyone says it's Willie Mays or Babe Ruth. It's just, that's just the way it happens in sport. Tom Brady has won the most MB, uh, most uh, Lombardi trophies, and that's great. There's still going to be a lot of people who don't necessarily think that he is the best. And the argument with Bill Russell and MJ, MJ won six and six on the bounce, six NBA titles on the bounce. Bill Russell won eleven in thirteen years. So that argument was two three peats. It was two three peats for MJ. Oh. It was- yeah, well, yeah. So he won six, six in six attempts. That was it because he had the uh, baseball yeah. break in between. But it, there's always that argument as to or not whether he's the go. And you know what? It doesn't really matter. No, does it? It, it genuinely doesn't. It's just an matter. opinion at the end of the day, isn't it? So yeah, who cares? If I sit there and go, it's like you speak to Punk. Punk thinks the great, the greatest ever is um, Bo Jackson. That, no, um, <laughs> Joe Montana. Joe Montana, that's it. Now, for me, I personally, I'm invested. I'm invested in the fact that I think Peyton Manning is the greatest ever. But that's because, you know, he led a team to a Super Bowl when he was basically a shell of a human being. Um, he also that he also was the first. Nothing to do with that defense. Well, you could say the same about last night. You could say exactly the same about last night. But I also say that the reason I say it with Peyton Manning is obviously he won it in Denver, so I am biased. Um, but he also took uh, a Colts franchise that had no place being in, uh, being in Super Bowls consistently to play off. And it was all because of him. Um, and he was the first person to win it with two different franchises. Mm-hmm. So, and he lo- the thing is, he looks like, a, a, you know, one of the greatest of all time as well. He froze brilliantly. His movement was great. The way he'd run a team was brilliant. Brady doesn't have that movement where he looks brilliant. His mechanics look a bit odd and his body shape's weird. And that's, you know, he doesn't look like a goat, whereas Patrick Mahomes does. His ability to throw in any angle, you make a run, get in space, nobody will find you. That kind of thing makes people go, he's the goat. 
Yeah. If Tom Brady threw the ball like Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers has the best release probably in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And if he had that, there wouldn't be an argument. But he doesn't, so there is. No, I mean, he, he has that. qualities that are, are unique. His coolness mm. under pressure, uh, his durability, his... Uh, his work ethic is kind of Jerry Rice-esque, you know, oh, he's, he's never taken yeah. a day off and he's honed himself to be as best as he possibly can be, but he will never have the natural talent that Mahomes has got. And there were about four or five plays that Mahomes made last night that Brady has never made. So, you know, but the thing is those, those kinds of throws, Brady's so clever, those kinds of throws he'll never attempt to make because he knows it's not in his game. Why am I going to do that? Yeah. Dennis Bergkamp, Dennis Bergkamp said at the beginning of beginning of his career, I remember seeing an interview where he said, I don't care if I win the world cup. I don't care if I do this or I do that. I don't, as long as I can finish my career and look at myself in the mirror and say that I was the best player that I could possibly be. Yeah. Then what I achieve is irrelevant. Now Bergkamp, he did all right in his career. Let's not, you know, let's not pull any punches. He did okay. No, he Dutch. Of course, he didn't win a World Cup. But no, no he, I mean, he won. He won everything else where you know everything else where he was. He, he, I don't think he won Serie A with Inter. But you know, anyway, 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 he was part anyway. of the Arsenal team, etc., etc. But he was the best player that he could be. Yeah, you know, he was the best player that he could be, and it was the same. It's exactly the same with Tom Brady. He is the best player that he could be. Yes. And how many different quarterbacks can you look at and say you were not the best player that you could be? Did Sam Bradford ever become the best version of himself? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying, though. There are plenty of quarterbacks who, had they worked harder, I mean, this is all speculation, yeah. obviously, but had they worked harder there's a good chance and I'm not talking about training harder. It's just the prep. I'm not a massive fan of Roethlisberger, but you know, whenever Roethlisberger runs out onto a field, he knows the opposition better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Forget about the fitness and the fact he can't run five yards without his tits hitting him in the face. He knows Three. the opposition's weakness more than anyone. And you have to respect that. If other quarterbacks had that kind of dedication to it and that kind of preparation in their mind to be able to go into a game, they would they would have been more successful. There's no doubt about that. Mm. So congratulations, Tom Brady. Super Bowl MVP, seven yeah. titles. There you go. And I'm guessing he'll come back next year. Oh, oh I don't know. He said, yeah, will he come back next year? He said, he said that the, uh, at the end of it, that he's going to be back next year. Oh, so the go. guy, the guy who was interviewing him said, um, is this it now? And he went, no, I'm coming back next year. What are you talking about? And it wasn't <laughs> even like, uh, oh, we'll see or anything. It was yeah. like, no, I'm coming back. He's like, don't, don't, don't be daft. I'm coming wow, back. Wow. We're going to have to cut him off this field, aren't we? At some point. He's he's gonna be here when he's like ninety. He's just gonna be some old dude launching it. But by Jesus. then he'll be playing for the Jags, and no one will care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, and for the Chiefs, of course, maybe this was a good thing. They seemed far too cocky coming into this game. If that was the performance they're going to put in, maybe some of those players needed that reality check that you can't just turn up. You know, the same way you did. You got away with it last year because Mahomes managed to throw enough balls that you, you caught to, to turn the game around in, in the last seven minutes. But this time you didn't help him out um, and you're not getting another ring this year. So maybe it'll keep some more of those free agents around. Maybe it'll allow them to kind of regroup and come back better next year. Yeah. that's the, I'm just thinking positive thoughts there for the Chiefs. I think they've already I started mean, as the um, favourites for next year in the betting odds. You expect that because they've got the best player in the league. They do. Well, they got the best. I don't think he's the best player in the league. I think he is position. Well, I think he's the best quarterback in the league and most dangerous because this is a quarterback. That's the most league. important position. Exactly. But pound for pound, in other, there are players for other positions which are probably more impactful. Um, you're looking at the likes of Aaron Donald. Um, Wasn't he Jake even the best Buck, defensive player this obviously. year? Yes, he was. He won the award. <laughs> That's a nice award. segue. That's a nice segue, actually, onto the next. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about, about the uh, what was it? The end of year awards then for best end of year honors. I think they MVP are. honors. Yeah. The league MVP this year was Aaron Rodgers. Mm. The Green Bay Packers. Been a few years since he won it last time, but there we go. Back again. It's not a massive surprise and fully no. deserved, to be honest. Um, he was, I mean, in terms of the number of um, number of touchdowns, I think he got forty eight touchdowns, and the guy in second was on yeah. thirty four or something like that. I mean, <laughs> he was a while away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah well, one thing away. that made me laugh there was 
there was a video on Twitter that was going around um, of a uh, Vikings fan who was having this massive rant of the only reason that um, Aaron Rodgers was any good was because of Devontae Adams. And the guy was literally screaming, it's only because of Devontae Adams. Well, I'm like, the guy's got one of the number one wide receivers. Why, what, you think he's not going to use him just to make a point, you mug? What's wrong with you? Oh, he drove me mad. <laughs> But it, it was just hilarious. I mean, it was that kind of. I don't understand why people don't root for the same team that's in the same, just because they're in the same division as them. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery. Um, yeah. Offensive no, player definitely... was Derek Henry. Yeah. Got a 2,000 yards. His... So. Yeah. Did you see his suit? No. Did you see that suit? Oh my God. Pick, picture it for me, Dave. Lime green, like full. Jacket, waistcoat, mm-hmm. shirt, the lot, full lime green. Right. And as you know, Derek Henry's not a small lad. <laughs> he wasn't I mean, inconspicuous. He looked like Slimer <laughs> from Ghostbusters. <laughs> it was insane. St- pause this podcast now. Make sure you come back to it afterwards. But Google oh, yeah. it. It's worth it. It's <laughs> worth it. And also, while you're at it, Google the award for the player who won the most hungry award. Um, that award went to Kyla Murray. Oh, and yeah. you get this medallion that's that's got the Snickers emblem, and it just says "hungry." It's the most vile thing I've ever seen. It's <laughs> absolutely awful. The only thing it's rivaled by is DeAndre Baker's medallion when he got drafted by the Jags, uh, Ooh, by the yeah. Giants, before he uh, got done for armed robbery, and subsequently released and out of the league now. Um, but yeah, it's horrendously bad. So Google mm. both of those two, and then come back to us. <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think the only reason Chase Young doesn't win it is because he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Sorry for the spoiler there, but um, mm. what about what I think about it's bad because what beat him on, how about TJ Watt beat him on every single stat? What? Yeah, yeah, but no, TJ exactly. Watt. The problem with TJ Watt is that he plays for the Steelers. So who's going to vote for him? Because <laughs> everyone hates the Steelers. So yeah, it's obviously Aaron Donald. Sure. The thing, the, sure. The thing with these awards. The thing with these awards, and this is the other it's thing. Not even that, close. <laughs> the, reason, even close this year. the reason TJ Watt hasn't won it is because he's part of a pass rush, which is dangerous. He's part of a group, which is dangerous as a pass rush, which Aaron Donald kind of isn't. He's kind of, he, right. the, it's built around him. And I think that's why it's given. I agree with you. I would have gone with what, but Aaron Donald wins the award partly because he's Aaron Donald. Also because he lives in LA and let's talk, let's be honest, LA teams are more sexy when it comes to the NFL. You're always going to get preference if you play in LA or if you play in New York, it's just the way it is. Um, and as I say, you know, the Steelers have are a collective group and a lot of the pressures that TJ Watt would have got, not sacks, but pressures would have been because he's part of a pass rush group. Um, but I agree that he should have, he should have, and probably was in the talking for it. I hope he was in the talking for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Justifying why they didn't get it. Um, and then the offensive rookie of the year went to Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. They should just rename this award the offensive quarterback rookie of the year, shouldn't they? Because they're not going to, if not give it to Justin Jefferson after breaking Randy Moss's rookie record, then you ain't getting yeah. it. Although I think it was, uh, didn't Justin, didn't um, Jacobs. Joshua Jacobs win it the season before, so he wasn't a quarterback. So, did Joshua Jacobs win it? Oh, no, I think not here so. this year, but I think so. I'm not sure. I might be. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to do way, some googling. By either way, team. Jefferson was robbed. I know that Herbert yeah. got rookie records himself, but he wasn't as good as Jefferson. He just wasn't. No, I mean, I don't think I'm going to pick up Jefferson in like round 14 of this year's draft. For oh no. I mean, the only oh, way yeah, is if he does, it. if he has a couple of felony watches in the off season. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna have to do some really nasty shit. <laughs> you know, he's, gonna, he's gonna have to sort of come out and say, oh, you know, I." He's gonna be like, "I don't want to play in a helmet. I want my own helmet." And he's gonna have to come out in like a, a cycling hat or something. He's gonna have to be AB nominated, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, defensive rookie of the year went to Chase Young. That was a fairly open and shut case. I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean. It, it absolutely goes without saying, without any shadow of a doubt. So those were the. Um, so I can give you, I can yeah. give you uh, 
the rookie offensive offensive rookie players of the year for the well i've got it all the way going back if you're interested to 1967 no, no. <laughs> no. so 1957 it was jim brown he Yay. was running back for the browns yeah. 1958 it was jimmy Orr. 1950 i'm joking i'm not gonna go through don't do that don't do that <laughs> last last five years the last five years 2020 was obviously Justin Herbert, quarterback um, for the California Chargers. 2019, Kyler Murray. So yeah, quarterback again, yeah, also yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. 2018, do you want to have a hazard a guess or do you want me to tell you? Just turn, just us. I want to get out of it. Uh, <laughs> so running back, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Oh, okay. 2017, another running back, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and then it goes 2016 was Dak Prescott, quarterback. 2015 was Todd Gurley, running back. So it's either it tends to be quarterbacks or running backs. The last non-quarterback or running back to receive it um, was Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014. And before that, Percy Harvin in 2009. Mm. The Percy Harvin. That must have been a, a lean year for, for rookies. <laughs> <laughs> Percy well, before before that... Before that, it was Matt Ryan. Can you imagine Matt Ryan being a rookie? It just He's always been an old man. Since he's been in the league, he's always been an old man. Yeah. I guess you've got to look at this, though, the, the rookie draft class for quarterbacks. So 2018, that was when Baker Mayfield went first and Saquon Barker went second. You had Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. Now, none of those were going to get offensive rookie of the year mm. in 2017. Sorry, 2018. 2017, Miles Garrett got picked first overall. Mitch Trubisky got picked up second after yeah, being Mitch Trubisky is not winning anything if there no. was an award the home sat the first named... year as well Deshaun Watson might award, have had a chance at it if there was an award for the best player named Mitch Mitch Trubisky might not win that one that's how bad no, he is no way no way no way um, so named Pop Quiz named the last tight end to win the, um, the offensive rookie of the year <laughs> the last tight end I'll, I'll give you the answer Mike Ditka <laughs> 1961. Really? <laughs> yeah. Christ. That's there, a long time ago. That's a very long time ago. Um, and yeah, so defensive uh, rookie of the year, it all tends, it tends to be uh, defensive ends or uh, secondaries, basically. Yeah, you, tend, you tend not to get many tackles. Um, last, tackle, last tackle to win it was Ndamukong Sue in 2010 for the Lions. I think he was second overall pick for the Lions in 2010. I think. Um, but yeah, yeah other than high. that, it tends to be... Yeah, I think it was second. Other than, other than that, it tends then to be linebackers or defensive ends with the odd cornerback thrown in. Fair enough. And of course, we've got the Hall of Fame selection that was uh, completed. <laughs> it's just there as well. So we know that uh, Alan Fanica, Hall of Fame guard for the uh, Steelers and the Jets, I think it was. Yeah, and the Jets. Played a couple of And one season for the Cardinals. Uh, Tom Flores who was a coach for the Oakland Raiders slash Los Angeles Raiders. He, a couple of years with the Seahawks as well. Uh, won, a couple, won a Super Bowl or two there. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, played for, what was it, eight years Lions. only for the Lions? Oh, I thought you were trying to name his teams. I was like, no. I was trying to think about how many okay. years he played. No, sorry, nine seasons. Only played 135 games, but uh, there you go. He was, he, was first, he was the first person to catch 10,000 yards in one season. It's a true story. Yeah, he, he was it might be, He was incredible. Might be he, up, he would just have two or three players dra- draping off him every single play and Stafford would still just aim at him and he would come down with it yep. every time. Uh, John Lynch, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl winning safety. And Broncos. And, and Broncos. He played for the Broncos. Didn't win a Super Bowl yep. with him. Uh, played for the Broncos and now, of course, is the GM for the 49ers. He has finally got mm-hmm. in. It's been a few years of knocking on the door um, in the final um, list, but not actually making it there. He's finally in. Uh, Peyton Manning, famous for being the brother of Eli Manning, uh, won two Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> that is outrageous. Number one overall pick in 98 draft. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? And it is uh, true. yeah. So you know, 14, have, 14 Pro Bowls, um, seven-time first-team All-Pro. What? Have you seen the video of um, his induction? No. So for anyone who, anyone who doesn't know, um, 
what happens is uh, loads of people who are on the Hall of Fame committee sit around the table and they bring up people's names and everyone has an argument. That's basically what happens. And they have an argument for about a fortnight on each player. That's basically the entire season. Someone will go, what about this guy? Oh, well, he did this and all oh, because of that, blah, blah, blah. Guess how long the discussion was on Peyton Manning? Genuinely, and I've watched the video of it, <laughs> guess how long it was? 10 seconds. 13 seconds. 13 <laughs> seconds. So the guy who is in charge in. of it, the guy who's in charge of it went, so Peyton Manning, um, any questions? And everyone went, no, no, nothing. All right, well, we'll put him in then. That was literally it. Mm-hmm. And the, when they presented it to him, it was in the end zone at Mile High Stadium. And um, they do a thing where they set up, uh, they do a set of like sort of Jeremy Beadle's thing where they try and get you in a position, then they'll come out and surprise you and there's always tears and blah, blah, blah. Drew Peters was, uh, or Drew Pearson was, uh, his was quite a good one this year. We haven't done him yet. Oh, okay. Well, no, no. spoiler alert. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Drew Pearson uh, was also inducted. His video was brilliant, blah, 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 blah. And when they came out to surprise uh, Peyton Manning, one of the people said, we probably won't, we're going to try and sneak up on him from behind, but we probably won't be able to because his peripheral vision is so good. He's standing there in front of the camera. And then as soon as the people come out, within three seconds, he goes, who's that? And sort of turns around and looks and goes, where are you like coming from? I'm just like... The guy has like wing mirrors on the side of his head. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And they came up to him. And every every video you ever watch of the Hall of Fame, everyone starts crying and they're so emotional mm. and blah, blah, blah. They go up to Peter Manning. He's kind of like, oh, okay, cheers, yeah. It's yeah. like he knew. It's like, oh, of course. It's like when they go up to Brady and do it. It's like His surname's yeah. Manning. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, I mean, you say that as though it was a given because his brother was great. His brother just happened to be to win two Super Bowls. That was all, just because of Plexico Burris. But yeah, no, it's very entertaining. So it's worth going and watching all of those. Yeah, a uh, couple more to do. Drew Pitt. Let's do Drew Pearson then. So he played for t- for eleven seasons for the Dallas Cowboys. Undrafted free agent. Um, he retired as the Cowboys' all-time leader for receptions and receiving yards. Caught forty-eight touchdown passes. And of course, is famous for giving that beautiful uh, pick speech in Philadelphia. Um, who was the set, pick? Set off. Who was the pick? It was yeah. Jadobi Awuzie. Knowledge, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, time I see, times. every time I see Jadobi Awuzie, I always think you Drew might Pearson. be a great player. I don't care what you do. You're always going to be outdone by your selection. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter what you do in your career. <laughs> uh, then Bill Nunn, who was a senior scout slash assistant for director of player personnel for the Steelers from 1968 until he died in 2014. So 47 seasons responsible for picking up some of our Hall of Fame players as well. Uh, John Stallworth, Mel Blunt, Donnie Schell, uh, Jack Lambert. So absolute legend of the Steelers nation. And then Charles Woodson. It's a shame Punk's not here today. Um, Charles Woodson was a cornerback slash safety because he could do it all out of Michigan. Uh, he played twice for the Raiders, came back. Uh, he had a stint with Green Bay in, the, in between where he won a Super Bowl for 18 seasons, 254 games. Um, although Punk's not here today, he's not ill or anything, um, I did ask him for some notes on Woodson. And uh, his I've got it written down here. So he said, I can eulogize about how good Woodson was. But after his last game versus Kansas City, Chief Safety Eric Berry, who was pretty good, uh, knew how best to explain it succinctly. And Berry said, one of the greatest players of all time who was artistic in the secondary. Uh, he changed the game. He was one of those rare players who could do it all back then. Uh, he could cover at corner and roam at safety. He could shut down a great receiver and he could tackle a great running back. He could play the nickelback. He could blitz and bring down your quarterback. He made coaches a lot more open to using defensive backs in a variety of roles. And he changed the way defensive coaches think nowadays. He opened the door for all of us in that way. With pretty true, Charles Woodson was an absolute beast. And mm-hmm. even in his last season for the Raiders in 2015, he was still covering number one receivers so i mean anyone who needs a measure of his greatness and this i'm going to say i'm going to say a stat and anyone who doesn't know this is weird this stat i'm going to give you is weird do it he played from 98 to 2015 okay so in total 17 seasons of those 17 seasons eight of them he was either first or second team all pro in eight of those 17 seasons (laughs) that's weird that doesn't happen 
simple because a lot of the time towards the end of that career you're tailing off and you're not as great as you were to have it eight times and that's throughout his career it starts in 99 ends in 2015 2015 he retired he was a second team all pro yeah that doesn't happen no it's as simple as that it doesn't happen one other thing from punk um who messaged me he said that Megatron shouldn't have been inducted yet. Reggie Wayne was more deserving. He played more years, 10th all-time in receiving yards and won the Super Bowl, um, played in two. Uh, is in the same class of Manning going in would have been a nice touch for Peyton Manning and his wide receiver to go in together. But there we go. They picked Megatron on this first go. So no, I, I think for those, uh, those words. So I, have, I think it's deserving, so I have no, no issue with that. Um but no, I think the only the only thing that's ever so slightly disappointing for um, Reggie Wayne is the fact that he retired a Patriot. So he was drafted in the first <laughs> round by the Colts in 2001, yeah, yeah. Um, stayed there for 13 years, um, went into went to the Patriots for about four practices and retired a Patriot. So weird, you know? Yeah. Oof. Do they bring him back to? For one well, that happened this that happened that this year with um oh my god what's his name the tight end in Dallas he went to he retired and then went to the Raiders for one season this year what's his I'm name I see you sweat oh you don't want to see me sweat it's like watching a pig getting basted <laughs> so yeah what was it Ooh, come on you know who it is <laughs> Jason Jason Garrett Jason Garrett oh Jesus. my god I'm having a mare no Witten anyway Jason Witten. So Jason Witten basically <laughs> re-signed for the Cowboys yeah, uh, for one day and then has retired. So yeah, it's a nice way Seems of doing it. Pointless. I hope. I hope. Genuinely hope that he managed to wingle like a twelve million dollars signing on fee, and that goes against their cap next season, which means they can't re-sign Dak. That would be amazing. <laughs> Probably hasn't happened. So that's the Hall of Fame inductees for this year. Bad news for us, Dave, is now we've got to wait seven months before another competitive game. I mean, to be fair, I'm a Broncos fan. I've been waiting three years for a competitive game. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue with you there. Um, but we've got Deshaun Watson next season, so, you know, everything's looking up. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Jets fan. <laughs> Behave. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, the good news is, Dave, the season's not actually over because until the draft happens, this season isn't done and neither are we. So we're going to be now focusing on lots of young boys, uh, studying them. On I mean, film. you need to watch out what you say, man. Young men. There's no even still. All right. Even still. Yeah, we're all about the kids. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in a new town, you know, we've got to look out for these people. So, I mean, just well, that's what we're them. going to be doing. We're going to be focusing on the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. At the moment, obviously, the, the order has now been set. So the Bucks are now picking 32 and the Chiefs picking 31 until people start trading their picks around. Um, There's been no new trade. Obviously, um, the Eagles are trying to ship Wentz for what Matt Stafford got, and there's no way that's going to happen. So that'll be interesting to see when they cave on They could. It depends. Because they could end up getting two two firsts, but it could end up being like two high first-round picks. Because just just because, you know, a first-round pick, being picked at 25 or 26, for example, mm-hmm. is not worth the same as a first round pick at 10. So no. two first round picks at 25 and 26 and you know in consecutive drafts, and it's obviously all speculation, is worth one pick in the top 10, for example. So it, there, there are different levels of two first round picks. For example, when the Texans gave two first round picks for um, Larry Mutunso, this isn't a dig. They didn't by think the it way. was going to be, yeah, the fourth. No, they didn't think they were, they didn't think they were giving them fourth overall. You know, <laughs> that's, that's not, that wasn't part of the deal. Um, they thought they were going to be picking, you know, 24, 25, 26, and that kind of, that's genuinely what they thought. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, it is the most anyone has ever paid in a draft. It literally is. So, you know, yeah, the only one thing I wanted pick, to sorry, do. Third overall pick. Third dog. overall pick is disgraceful, isn't it? Ah, the yeah, only thing yeah, I wanted yeah. to do is at the beginning of the season, we did a predictor, you and I, Uh-oh. where we sat down uh, and we went through who we thought were going to be good and who we thought were going to be bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, some of us, we were spot on. So you got the Patriots absolutely bang on at seven wins. Uh, you got the Chiefs bang on at 14 as well. 
Um, so well done on those. Thanks. I got Washington football team. I got them bang on at seven. There, I mean, there was there was a number that we were absolutely bang on. Mm-hmm. There are also quite a few that we weren't. So <laughs> it's kind of the season's done now. So we know, you know, the line's been drawn in the sand. We know what every team was and what they weren't. And yeah, what is so we want to look at sort of teams more than anything. Uh, we can do players if you want to, but I think teams is quite interesting. Yeah. Who is um, not oh, not solely based on what your prediction was? Who surprised you, good and bad? So I'll go. I'll go first. Um, the big surprise for me, from a negative perspective, teams that were worse than I thought they were going to be was the Jets. Now, yeah, yeah. when you analyze, when you analyze, yeah, you the had Jets, them high. Yeah, when you analyze the Jets, you. You kind of look at the individual pieces they had, and when I when I said that they would get nine wins, they ended with two. Mm-hmm. When I said that they get nine wins, they still had CJ Mosley at that point, which was a big okay. loss. Um, I still believed in Darson. Uh, Did they have they had Adams? Didn't they? Uh, yes, they still had Adams as well. Mm. Um, they, I, I still believe in uh, Donald. I still think he's a good quarterback. Okay. Um, but I'd overlook several factors, namely the head coach. Um, so, and I just generally thought that they were a slightly better team than I thought. And the thing is, they're in a division where they could have won a lot of games. So the Patriots at this point didn't have Cam Newton. We didn't know how good the Bills were going to be. The Dolphins, there were questions over, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Dolphins, by the way, we were nailed on. We, I was one side. I got nine. You said 11. They scored mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. So I said the Jets would get nine. They actually got two. So I was miles off on that one. Just for the record, you said they get six, um, which given a few results, they probably could have scraped four or five if they needed to, but they were terrible at times. They as were, well. yeah. So I was miles off on that one. That doesn't matter. Okay. So they were worse than you thought they were. Doesn't if you're a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think mine would have to be the Eagles. Uh, I, yeah. I knew it was going to be a, a slightly more difficult year, but I honestly didn't see them only winning four games and imploding the way they did. It was just mm. was it was a bad football. It wasn't even like they were close in games. They just like turned up and lost. You know, it was, just, <laughs> there, was there was nothing there, especially on offense. Um, yeah. <laughs> injuries and old age have taken their toll on that offensive line. Zach Ertz is half the player he, he was before. Uh, why mm. you still got JJ Athega white side not catching balls, you know. Um, <laughs> the thing the Deshaun thing is, Jackson right? is is too old and for his <laughs> hamstrings to hold up to any sort of prolonged uh, stress. So we we did this before the season started, right? So we sat down and we said who we were, what we thought was going to happen before the season started. If I would have sat you down and said the Cowboys are going to lose Dak and they're going to be playing with Andy Dalton, okay, yeah, you'd have been like. Okay, that's another two games for the Eagles. You went for 10 wins yeah. for the Eagles. If I said the Giants are going to be absolutely awful and they're only going to win six games and Washington are only going to win seven games, you're going to be like, Eagles are going to win 14. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it even boggles the mind of more. That division. Yeah, it boggles the mind more when you put it into that level of context that not only were they bad, not only were they historically bad, everyone else in their division was crap as well. Mm. So it 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 literally blows your mind. I agree. I had them on nine wins. You had them on ten. Um, yeah, I I agree entirely. They were much worse than I thought they were going to be. One tie. It was one tie game. Sorry, they had one tie yeah, even still. Four yeah, eleven still and one. Only, still only got. I mean, when you're focusing on the tyres, that was the Bengals. Season, it tells you as well, so. Oh <laughs> god. Um, the other one, so I want to say one AFC where you were miles away um, was the Colts. So you and I had a bit yeah, of yeah. set to when uh, when I said that the Colts had win thirteen. Just for the record, they won eleven. So I was a bit closer than than you were. You said <laughs> that they'd win five. Uh, yeah. At times they look great. At times they look terrible. Um, so I think you're right to pick the Eagles as the big surprise, but I think that's an honorary mention. The honorary mention for me of a team that were worse than I thought is um, I would also say the Broncos. I thought the Broncos would get 10. The Broncos got five. We lost quite a few games early, uh, a few games early in the season. 
um, and by single scores. So that five is a little bit of a, a misnomer. But you said that we'd win nine. We ended up winning five. Um, so, yeah. But it's the usual fanboy overreach, really, I think, on that point. Yeah. I think the team for me that outperformed what I thought they were going to do was the Bills. Yes, I agree. To it's funny, that, though, because you had the Bills... Of... You had the Bills with 10 wins and they got 13. But yeah, exactly. But 13 wins is a lot more than, you know, that's a big jump from 10 to 13. And then to get through to the AFC Championship game as well. Mm. So, yeah, I, I thought they were going to finish second in the division. I think I think they had the Dolphins maybe just squ- squeaking that, that one. Um, but I didn't think... I've had some problems with Josh Allen... Um, with his accuracy but he tidied up everything this season and that defense is quite young so it all seemed to come together for the Bills I think they've got some deficiencies in coaching um, in big spots but uh, I think they kind of they did they overperformed what I thought they did I think they did as as good as they could have done this season putting everything together so yeah, the Bills are my surprise team that did outperform what they did. I mean, you could throw in the Chargers, even though they went seven and nine. I didn't think they were going to do anything this season and to get seven wins. Um, the thing is, it's the worst seven well. win. It's the worst seven win team I think I've seen in a long time because some of their performances were really, really bad. Only thing worse than um, seven and nine was the eight and eight Bears. I've never seen a worse well, yeah. eight and eight team than that. <laughs> yeah, but they won like five on a row early on in the season. They did, yeah. Um, I want to give three honorary mentions so two good one bad so the two good are i went for the browns with eight wins the browns Mm. didn't get 11 wins now i thought i was being a bit controversial by saying eight but i think they won 11 kevin stefanski also got coach of the year by the way in our uh, honored section earlier on which can't really disagree with all that much i I personally still think it's flores yeah it is what it is. Um, I can see why they went for Stefanski. But no, they got 11 wins. Really well done to them. I I said they'd win eight. You said they'd win seven. It was a reach at them getting 11, but well done. Um, well, I think he got it because he got through to the playoffs and the Dolphins didn't. Yeah. Because the Dolphins yeah, lost that last game. But the Dolphins, I'm not going to go into it too much. I, 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 I still personally go for Flores just because I think the expectation of what the Dolphins would do. The Dol- no, I don't think many people, you and I are high on the Dolphins. We said yeah. that I said they get nine, you said they get 11. They got 10. Um, I don't think many people were predicting 10 wins for the Dolphins. You and I are somewhat of an exception in the fact that <laughs> I think we're quite high on them. Um, two the other team picks this year as well, including the third overall. So this can get better again. Right. I know, right? Um, All they need is a quarterback. So the other team is the Titans. Um, So I said the Titans to get six wins, um, (laughs) only because they lost players like Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan. And I I thought that everyone kind of might figure them out, but they didn't. I said they get six wins. They got 11. So massive, massive compliments to them because they continue to be... Yeah, well, they they did, but I mean, the Titans get through to the playoffs, look great, and then they lose. That's what the Titans do. So they had they are reasonably one dimensional, and that doesn't work in playoff games. Which brings me nicely onto the next team, which are also one dimensional, the Ravens. So mm-hmm. I said the Ravens would get twelve wins, okay, yeah, and they got eleven. I said eleven. Now you did. You were spot on. However. Now, this is why I didn't mention them in terms of record. This is where the numbers don't play out. I thought the Ravens would be much, much better than they actually were. So okay. forget about the number of wins. I genuinely thought that they would... Because I thought that they'd lose a couple of games to the Steelers, maybe one to the Browns, a dodgy one to the Browns, or the Bengals, maybe here or there, or something like that. But as it turned out, the games that they lost, they got murdered in. And they were consistently overturned on all parts of the game. When was the last time you saw the Ravens team lose at the line of scrimmage? When was the last time you you saw one team rely so much on two defensive tackles on defense? You know, if it wasn't for Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf, mm. they would have got run over on multiple occasions on defense. Uh, and I think there's bigger problems on that roster. But I, like a lot of people, really thought that they were going to be a force this season. I mean, Colin Cowherd, for example, said they might just be the best team in Caps sports history and they are going to go unbeaten throughout the entire season. As it turned out, that wasn't the case. Um, Some of the Colin Cowherd said didn't come true. Jesus. I know, right? I know. Um, 
But yeah, I was just a bit disappointed with them this season. I didn't think their roster made the great leaps that they could have. It's a big off season for them. They doubled down on what they're good at and uh, they ended up with the, the biggest plus differential uh, in the league, I think, 166, 165 plus point that differential. Me I mean, the Browns had minus me 11. Me so, yeah. I, I quite have to fancy the coach of the year. It's just because they got through to the playoffs, I think. But Yeah, but yeah, they go. still have both had 11 wins. You know, They did both have 11 wins and there was a time, there was a time when the Ravens were looking unlikely to make it through to the playoffs. Yes. They were looking decidedly dodgy at one point. I think yeah, the, the point that season. they were on five wins, I think they lost two or three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, again, decent teams, don't get me wrong, but they still were looking dodgy on numerous occasions. So, but yeah, so they, they were kind of my, my big surprise, really. It was a fun season. It's always good when they don't do what you think they're going to do, some of these teams. And, and mm-hmm. part of it is the, the moves that they made. I mean, who would have thought that you know, some of these teams would have dumped their quarterbacks after like four or five weeks? Uh, and and obviously we've got to maybe mention the Texans as well. How quickly they've just completely disintegrated from a team that was getting into the playoffs and looking dangerous. They're now about to potentially lose their future Hall of Fame quarterback because they yeah. hold on to some sort of televangelist failed comedian. It's like, well, the pr- the problem with um, the Sean Watson situation at the moment. So I'm I'm not going to go into it because I think everyone knows. Oh, if you don't, I could know, take him another should. podcast. So let's not do yeah. it. Yeah. So Deshaun Watson's put in a transfer request. The Texans are having none of it. Um, but when you've got someone who doesn't want to play for you and has formally, through his agent, said, mm. I do not want to play for you. And he's also said, and his exact words were, I will never play for you again. No. When someone says that, you know, it, it's not like an ex girlfriend saying, I think we should have a break. She's saying, I hate you and I never want to see you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how you can get mixed messages from that, to be perfectly honest. Um, Kareem Jackson, who's the Broncos safety, used to play for the Texans. He was a cornerback when he was at the Texans. And mm-hmm. he's very good friends with Deshaun Watson. And he's openly canvassing on Twitter, saying, <laughs> come to Denver, come to Denver. And he's there basically saying, no, he is. He's interested. He wants to come to Denver. And he's handling a little a little fishing rod to everyone. And everyone's biting on it. And it's hilarious. I don't honestly are. think it's going to happen. But, you know, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> that's right it is like... <laughs> uh, we've got a whole off season to talk about Dave like I said we're going to be focusing now on the draft that's probably my favourite time of the year anyway seeing all the kind of crazy moves that get made in April so that's what we'll be doing we will be back until that time um, so if you've got any questions make sure you get in touch with us at Jim and the King on uh, Twitter at DenverDave30 on Twitter at Punk underscore Raider as well yeah and check out JimandTheKing.com for all of our stuff on there the other thing you can do is text Jim directly. His phone number is 07. Damn it. Almost got doxxed. <laughs> oh, man. Until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Never David. Thank you so much for listening. 